Hey there, what's up everybody? Welcome to Evoke Greatness. This podcast was created for those of you who, like me, are driven by their curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. If you have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, or maybe you're just curious on how some of the most successful people have navigated their journey, we share the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and all the lessons learned along the way. It doesn't matter what chapter you are on in your story. Maybe you're just getting started, or heck, maybe you're halfway through. What I know is where intention goes, energy flows. It's my most sincere hope that you will hear something in one or maybe many of these episodes that resonates with you and reminds you that you are not in this alone. As we venture into year two, I hope that you find a sense of connection and community when you're here because we all deserve a place where we belong. My name is Sunny, and I am so glad you're here. If you're new, there's a few things you want to know about me. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Anyone who knows me knows I do not travel without my portable blender. I have morning green smoothies every single day. This thing goes through TSA without an issue. And oddly enough, I've had TSA agents ask me where they can get one at. BlendJet 2 is portable. It's lightweight and slips right in my bag or purse. You can blend a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita at the beach. And it's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet. So when you make your morning smoothie, you don't have to wake up the whole house. This thing lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. You literally just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. It cleans the whole thing out. I just bought myself the geode swirly mar marble pattern and my hubby got the very manly wood grain pattern. So what are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code SUNNY12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code SUNNY12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is Carrie Lamont. Carrie is a wife, a mama to three kiddos, a grandma, holy bananas, and has been a servant leader within the healthcare space for many years, really ranging the spectrum from the patient side as a patient advocate to really supporting the client side, having joined Access last year as vice president of client experience. On top of all of that, she's a board member for Chromosome 18 and Effectively Superwoman. So, Carrie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Effectively Superwoman. Thanks, Sunny. You're that's, welcome. That's the nice thing to say. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I'm happy to be here today. I'm so glad to have you. So, as we were having some conversation, you have been in the healthcare space for almost three decades, which blows my mind because you look 25, and I <laughs> truly, truly... Uh, but, you know, all that time within within the healthcare space, a lot of things have changed. 
been with different companies, seen different and, and had different experiences. What have been some of the most pivotal moments in your career over that time that really kind of stand out to you? Gosh, there's so many. And there are also the valleys and the, the peaks along the way too. Um, well, I think if I think back about my journey getting to where I am today, I started off as, as I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to take care of people. I wanted to, I wanted to be a nurse. I thought caregiving was my jam. Um, started off, fought hard back in the day to get into nursing school, got a couple semesters under my belt and, um, I was working, worked full time, putting myself through school. So I had a very crazy schedule, uh, got close in a clinic that I was uh, working as a medical assistant. Well, before I became a nurse, never actually became a nurse, but working as a medical assistant became close to a couple of patients that were coming in regularly for injections. And one of them died and I could not handle it. I had no emotional maturity to deal with that. And I thought, I can't be a nurse. This is, this is about compassion and about like carrying people through this stuff. I want to fix things. Maybe nursing isn't my jam. And I had, I had a wise a college advisor that said, uh, you know, maybe business should be something you look into. And so we changed my degree focus and I did um, just pursue a general studies of, of business undergraduate degree and, and still going to work. I, I thought, well, I, I have some clinical skills. I have some, some patients bedside skills. I have some medical terminology under my belt. Um, I, I've been using some, you know, some tools in, in the system within healthcare. What can I do while I finish this business degree now? So um, I was fortunate enough that the city that I lived in at the time, there was a, a, a second headquarters for a large healthcare IT company that supported uh laboratory radiology and pharmacy departments providing software technology. I thought, you know, I'm young. I, I can handle a computer sort of like this was, you know, when we had dial-up modems and VT terminals and things like that. <laughs> and I thought, well, I, you know, I've got, I, I got, I need to get a job, but I'm still going to school. So I marched my butt over there on my lunch hour one day and um, said, I, I have skills that you need and I'd like a job here and I want to work in healthcare and I'm still finishing my degree. What do you got? And so I started off in tech support, um, learning how to troubleshoot device malfunctions. And, you know, usually the question that I was asked was, my printer isn't printing. Well, let's check the plug. Is it plugged in? You know, I mean, start (laughs) off really basic things, you know, but, but felt this, you know, this could be an avenue for me. It helped me to help healthcare organizations, which ultimately helped patients, which is what my heart was telling me I wanted to do. Um, But it did it in a way and also at scale. Because I think I've always had this orientation to the world where, you know, how do we take something good and make it reach? Like, how do we give it reach? So um, got a job, started working um, in the healthcare IT field, spent a number of years at that organization uh, in the acute care space, um, really on the tech support, and then kind of moved into implementation, project management, consulting, and um, had an opportunity to go with that organization to a trade show. So was really on the operation side, got to a trade show. We were demonstrating some innovative at the time um, e-learning platforms that involved uh, CD-ROMs and cassette tapes with monitor, you know, headphones that we had to listen to the <laughs> material and a workbook that we flipped pages. For. It was self-paced learning, but it was, you know, it was innovative at the time. And uh, we were 
we were launching that and and taking something that had tr- traditionally been kind of a support function of the organization and, and trying to turn it into a revenue generating opportunity. You know, we could sell training this way, guys. So I I got to this trade show and um, stepped foot on the floor and saw what that side of the business was all about. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think I need to be in sales and marketing. This may be where I belong. And so that was a pivotal moment for me was I had an intentional conversation with a leader that I had at the time, uh, an incredible woman. So again, early influences of female leaders in my life. Um, and I said, I, I think I need to change my career plan. My, I want a different development plan. I don't know that I want to go down the world, you know, the side of, of the support side of the business. I think I need to be on the client facing side, you know, the marketing, the sales side. I want to go, I want to, I want to scream from the mountaintops, all the good stuff that we're doing. I want to promote, I want to, you know, build momentum, you know, for many customers um, on, on that side of the business. And so we made an intentional plan to kind of groom me for a junior sales position the next time a territory opened up. And um, I was, I ended up moving into a role where I could sell, uh, support the sales team on the consulting component of these projects. These, what we sold then were, you know, it's 18 month sales cycle, four year implementation, you know, large scale software. We had to sell people with the software because we had to sell the people to implement it because usually organizations didn't have the, you didn't have the right. people to do it. So I was learned how to sell that way. I worked under, under the guise of uh, many very incredible sales professionals. And that was when I learned that sales was not a dirty word growing up. If you would have thought I was going to get into sales or business development, I would have said no way. Um, but it, it's a, it's a fantastic component of running and, and operating any business. And it's an exciting part for me. So, so that was a pivotal moment. I kind of realized, you know, I think I need to be on that part of the business. And I asked for the support that I needed. And I had great mentors that said, let's pave a way. Let's find a way to get you into, you know, into that area of the organization. Was cooking along, doing good. You know, I was a services engineer. That was the, the job title I had. That organization then acquired home care and hospice uh, technology. And here I was, you know, former nursing student didn't even know care could be delivered in the home. And, and I've been working now for probably seven or eight years, you know, with this company. And I thought care at the home. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. you know. <laughs> and, uh, and had gotten to know some new colleagues made a new network. And uh, that company wanted to relocate me to the East coast around this time in my career. I had just had my first child, my son and um, didn't really want to relocate to the East Coast at that point in time. And so I, I had took that opportunity to dive into the care at home industry. And through the, a friend of a friend, I, I met an incredible businesswoman who was launching and growing a, a small, at the time, small business in the business intelligence space and another great female mentor and leader that I had uh, for many years. Um, she took me on as a, as a you know, an up and comer. And um, that was my entree into into home care and hospice and the post-acute and care at home space. That was another pivotal moment because right around that same time was the first time my family actually needed those services. Mm. So I got to experience learning that industry through data, through technology, but also at the same time, I got to see how my grandmother was being supported in hospice care services. And I got to see that nursing piece it just pulled at those heartstrings and I thought, oh, this is where I need to be now. So again, another stepping stone to where I'm trying to figure out my purpose, what I want to be when I grow up, right? Those are some of the pivotal moments. And 
grew along that that track for a while, uh, still you know working on the healthcare uh, tech side of the industry, and um, eventually made a decision in 2013, I guess it was, to go work uh, on the provider side. I thought I really need to get closer to the patient. I want to be closer to where all this action is, and um, spent you know up until you know last year really focused on that side of the business, um, learning what it meant to run an agency, you know, what home healthcare was from that side of the business, how to, how to grow and build patient senses, how to work with referral sources, how to, you know, run a profitable business in a, in a low margin, you know, difficult industry, an undervalued industry broadly across uh, uh, healthcare. And last year I had an opportunity. I think I was kind of getting to the point where I'm reaching the half century mark and starting to question, you know, who do I want to be when I grow up again? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had an opportunity to meet some folks at Access. And it was just such an, a natural uh, shift for me to come back. I call it, I came home, came back to tech. Um, and I think where I was at in my mind then was with all the challenges and change that's been going on in the care home industry in the last four to five years, maybe even longer than that, really. But the intensity of that, you know, brewing and, and changes in workforce and uh, changes in regulations, uh, just the, the population of people that need care is expanding. I thought the only way forward for this industry is with tech, and I need to be back on that side of the fence. So, um, using my network, found found a way here, and uh, and then I was fortunate enough to spend some time meeting with many of the leaders here. I got to know John Lajade, our CEO, and, and eventually the conversation led to the question where he said, "Will you come? Will you join us?" Just come and help make access better. And I thought, that sounds good. I, I'd like to do that. Um, it was it was a, an opportunity to join this organization at a time when I really wasn't sure what, what the role was going to be, what I'd be doing. And that was a little scary. But it, it also met a need, I think, that I had come to recognize in myself. And that's the sort of healthy unrest that I have. I, I like to have like new things going on. I'm really... Uh, I follow the inspiration around me. I, I, I'm an idea generator. So um, I, those used to be things I also thought of as flaws of myself. And I realized those are actually strengths and I need to find a place where I can allow them to flourish. And, um, and I feel like what I found at Access is that. So that's what led me here. And um, it's been a wild first year. I've been I'm continuing to learn every day. Um, I'm surrounded by a boatload of incredibly smart and passionate people. And you know, I get to use my talents, but I also get to, to soak it all up and, and learn too. So we are doing some incredible things and I'm really glad, glad to be here. Well, that <clears throat> speaks volumes to our evolution, right? Just as, as people, as we grow in life, personally, professionally, we continue evo- to evolve and almost find new pieces of ourselves when we're stretched, when we're pushed in ways that, uh, that promote that internal growth, that mental growth, that growth within our careers. And as you think about all of that, you you mentioned earlier, peaks and valleys. And something I'm always so curious about is as you've navigated your pathway thus far, there, you know, there are certainly peaks. There are certainly those times when it's like, oh, it's the best of the best times. But what I have found personally that I've experienced is some of some of those powerful lessons were in the valleys. And when when sometimes hard things are happening, that's when I know I have grown the most. And so I'm curious as you think back to to the combination of the peaks and valleys in your journey so far, 
What have been some of those powerful lessons you've learned along the way that when you were maybe in the midst of it, it might've been really hard, but as you got to the other side of it, you recognized that it was really a powerful lesson. Mm, Wow. There's a few that come to mind. I think what I could tell you about that may resonate with some of the listeners, I I don't know. I, I just, maybe I'm making an assumption, but as a, as a female leader, and a mom and a wife, you got to blend all that together. And it's not easy. <laughs> it, it appears to come natural to many. And some people have said, Matt, you know, they've told me, how do you do that? It, you're such a natural at it. And I feel like if you could see behind the curtain, how many times I fall apart in tears, you would be shocked. <laughs> um, but when I have, so my middle, my middle child, um, she's a young adult now. When, uh, when she was growing up, we, we kind of knew she had some delays and challenges health-wise in her childhood. We actually did not get a diagnosis until she was around 11, I think it was. I should know that, but it was around that time. Um, But we found out she's missing a chromosome. She has a chromosomal abnormality. And it, it explained a lot of the things that we were seeing in her developmental delay if we were looking at, you know, one piece of her body system or her cognition or her intellect or her emotional capacity, you know, all standing alone, they were like little things. But when you pack them all together, you, you're OK. Well, that explains why I've been beating my head against a wall <laughs> to figure out why my daughter isn't growing the same way that her peers are or that isn't developing the way. And and I was not feeling as a mother Although at the time I felt like I was feeling horribly and I felt like I had to sacrifice, you know, certain things to, to make it all work. And, and I, I did sacrifice a lot to make it work, but, and I, would I change a thing? No, because I think those are the lessons we learn. Um, but, but, but my daughter Keely, I'm going to name her on this podcast. Her name is Keely. And um, she, she's been probably the greatest teacher and uh, lessons that caring for her over the years as, as she's continued to develop and become a young adult, the condition, the syndrome that she lives with, it manifests itself. And so it's, it becomes even more of a, of a challenge. And there's challenges to the, the way that she lives. She's developmentally delayed and she has both mental and um, physical uh, disabilities. But she's been my, my biggest teacher. And uh, one of the things I, like I can think of this one time where, you know, I was traveling for work and I had this child at home that had, had these needs and I'm trying to be the mom and build the team around her and give her all the supports she needs. And, and I'm traveling and we have a crisis that happens. And, and I'm like, I have to control this. I got to do it. I'm a doer. This is my thing. And, and in those moments like that, I had to realize like, no, I need to delegate. I need to lean on the support system. I need to look to the strengths of others to help me in, with something that I'm not going to be able to influence or do right in this moment, but I, I need to figure this out. And so those are the kind of valleys I think are when I've been most stretched in ways where I wanted to control or I wanted to do what I knew I could do, but is it what I should do? Is it the right, is it the best path to get where I need to be or to get the job done that we're trying to accomplish? And in this case was to navigate a, a pretty significant crisis with my daughter's health. And I'm, you know, 2000 miles away and and then you know urgent air, air airplane ride home i had to rely on the team on my husband on her sibling to help uh support her you know and that do i feel like a failure as a mom in that moment absolutely 
did I feel like a failure in my career? Yeah, because I had to walk away from something that I just traveled halfway across the country to do. But fortunately, I think, you know, there's a higher power at work here. And he had a plan for me that day. And that day was for me to learn a lesson. And it was for me to use a team and to work through others to accomplish an objective. And, um, you know, that's, this is an example. I don't know if that's kind of, I think, but it's, um, you know, being a, being a mom of a special needs adult, let alone a child, but making it this far, um, that's a full-time job too. And so we got to balance them all. And, and I think that's where I find my values is when I'm not feeling the balance and I'm feeling the failures in a lot of places, but really what follows that is usually I find a big wave to a peak. So, right. And I think that, that story specifically probably resonates with more people than you know. And I think we've had conversations like this for, for how many years? I mean, you know, you, you talk about the trade shows and the conferences and the different things that come up. And what I find is there's, there's women who kind of get together and we talk about, there's some big challenges that we navigate as, as moms, as wives, as professional women growing in our careers. And it's how does one balance all that? And I find that the the balance, I say balance, but it's what I have found for myself is it's a fluid balance, right? Sometimes you have to shift <laughs> a little heavier one way. And, you know, as you talked about that story, you had to lean into to family. You had to say, okay, yes, I'm going to need to de- to delegate this, but I need to, I need to try to navigate with my way back home to be able to deal with whatever I need to help deal with and support my daughter and the family. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we do that? You know, and I think as we've had so many of those conversations that resonates deeply with people is how do I spread myself all over and yet not spread myself so thin that I'm not showing up in the way that I should, you know? And so I, I think that is something that, and I'm sure there's men who struggle with it as well, but I, that is something that I find to be a common theme that challenges women is how do we show up to all these roles and these spaces fully to serve whoever we need to serve in that moment? Um, how do we not get our career lost in that? Or how do we not get our family lost in that? And, and it's, it's keeping a lot of plates spinning in the air all the time. I think that as you talk about feeling like a failure in the moment births such an incredible lesson that probably helped you in circumstances and situations you had no idea it would after that. Yeah, it does. I think there was a phrase that I was trying to hit on about kind of when, uh, like the making of a diamond, you know? It's that, you know, the, the pressure, yes. yeah, the pressure you get, you compress the coal and, or I don't know how the diamonds are made. I just like them when they're made, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's that compression and that pressure and that intensity, you know, the heat, I'm sure there's heat that's involved in that chemically. There has to be physiologically with the stone and it turns into this beautiful diamond. And I, I think that the sort of like a nature life cycle that happens and it happens with us as humans. And, so when we, we get pushed and we get, you know, stretched or compressed or, you know, things get heavy, it's through that that we kind of rise and come up and are brighter and shinier and um, more vibrant and, and stronger. But I, I don't know that in the moment, like when that crisis that I was talking about happened, I don't think I realized the beauty in that until many months later, you know, and so yeah. I think also leadership lesson for me is, is, um, not everything is instant. 
you know, this is a journey. It's not an event. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think those are compound. They build upon one another throughout our evolution. And that's how, you know, that's how we have these dynamic women throughout our space because of the hard things that they've had to go through and how they've navigated it and what they've learned in the process. So Carrie, you have a bit of a modern life when it comes to uh, a decision that you and your husband consciously made uh, after you got married and had your youngest. What what does that look like and how has that worked for you? Yeah. Well, you know, um, this is another one of those female leadership moments. I think I, so I remarried, um, married to absolute love of my life. So my now husband is going to be my forever husband, whether he wants it to be that way or not, he's <laughs> done with me because he is absolutely the one for me. Um, but long story short, we, we, we met late in life. Um, he didn't have biological children. I had two for my former marriage. He always wanted to be a dad. And I said, well, clock's ticking. If we're going to do this, we better do it. <laughs> so, um, and I'm fast forwarding through that part of the story, but we, we, we did, we chose to um, have a child. And I was at a point in my life where I was thinking, I don't know if I, you know, I don't want to put my baby in daycare. My career is at a pivotal point, taking off into another like level of, of trajectory. I love work. I'm a worker. I didn't want to, but I don't want to neglect that. Kind of going back to that, you know, how do we balance it all? You know, I didn't want to neglect the motherhood piece. I want to be a good, a good wife, and 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 I want to do well in my career. So we made a decision. We said, you know, things are going good for me at work. You have had a phenomenal career in the restaurant industry for 20 years, but maybe kind of tired, need a little sabbatical. So we changed some things in our lifestyle. I talked about some sacrifices and we made this decision together as a team that um, that we would change our lifestyle so we could become a single income family. And James decided to intentionally take an extended sabbatical and become a stay-at-home dad. And um, it has been the most phenomenal and amazing gift that my family could ever have had because he is such a leader himself, but he is supporting me as a female leader, as a breadwinner in our family, which, you know, for some men, I could, I mean, that's just the way we're wired in society. The same reason that we have the, the pay gaps and the other things for female leaders, you know, male also have the training and the thoughts around them having to be the provider right. and um, very mature Thing and um, emotionally mature and responsible thing that we, we chose to do together and that he gave up that time away from his career to raise our daughter also gave him the opportunity to be front and center in her life for the last 10 years and allowed me to flourish in my career without the guilt and without, you know, as much of the, the, the pain that I you know, might have gone through to, to get it done. So um, I'm forever grateful for that. And that is something that I do not take uh, for granted for a second. Um, and it has really allowed us to, you know, to be a modern family in this day and age and, and, you know, to allow me to, to grow and allow him to grow too, but in a, in a way that he probably wouldn't have thought of 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how we, that's how we get it done in this house. <laughs> but we're at a point now, we're at a point now where Addison is a little older and, uh, able, she's almost 11 and she's, you know, a little more independent. And, and so we're trying to figure out what's, what's James reentry to work going to look like. You know, do we start a business? Does he, you know, go back into uh, chefing? Does he's great in the front of the house and restaurant business is, is, a is a multifaceted, just like healthcare. So lots of avenues. Um, but he, he's an, an incredible um, part of my success story. And I'm very grateful to the, to the partnership I have with him. Oh, that's awesome. You're a member of Ideal. Ideal was mm-hmm. something that uh, my good friend Chris and I co-founded last year. 
And that came out of many conversations at conferences and the underrepresentation of women and women of color taking the stage, being speakers. And then that kind of started to almost resonate even bigger in the healthcare space. Like, okay, so outside of the stage, what does that board presence look like? What does executive presence look like? And, you know, Ideal was really created in the spirit of catalyzing women in healthcare to prompt upward mobility and visibility. And why is that something that that's important to you to be a part of? Well, the network of women in Ideal, number one, is just, I mean, talk about something shiny. <laughs> it is a platinum Rolodex. And um, and I, I wanted to, to surround myself with people that had stories that were different than mine, but not dissimilar, if that makes sense. You know, different mm-hmm. journey, but similar themes. Um, that I could also continue to learn from and be inspired by so that when I'm in the valleys, you know, I've got a network of women that I can talk to that say, you know, you're at this point in your career and here's how I navigated that. Or you're dealing with this challenge of, you know, trying to also be a mom or, uh, you know, take on a community leadership role, you know, a board position. I recently joined the board for the chromosome 18 registry and research foundation and, um, you know, what is that going to look like for me? And I've, I've got a, I've got a group of women now that I can lean on and mentor and learn from and also hopefully contribute back to. So it was important for me to join because I just, the the vision, the mission of it spoke to me also just the caliber of people that were involved. And um, I'm a little bit of a professional development junkie too. So I love that I can get some content every month from people that are um, in the same space in healthcare, but are thinking and, and looking directionally the same way that I am. Yeah, and I think you know we've we've seen a number of reports come out around the inequity around you know the pay gap. Uh, McKinsey came out with a report last year, but really we're looking at you know 130 years before we have equity when it comes to pay from a gender perspective. You know, and I think and then as you go deeper and deeper on that, kind of unfold that just the gender piece, and then you look at women of color and that that pay gap gets greater and greater. And so I think, you know, collectively to have the group of women that we have on this mission, that's something that's so personal for us, for all of our own individual and unique reasons, but to collectively be on this mission together to really accelerate the progress to say, we're not willing to wait a hundred plus years, right? We're going to do everything we can to make sure that our shoulders are strong enough to hold those folks, you know, those women who are behind us. And how do we make our ceiling their ground, you know, their ground level, their floor, so that they're really able to be in a space where where women and women of color are viewed as, I want to make sure that I have this person or these people on my boards because they make really good decisions when it comes to EQ, you know? And so I, I think all of that is really, really important. And I think it's it's important for us collectively within the healthcare space, which is just really what fuels what fuels the mission. Yeah. Access, just when I think of, and I think about DEI and, and just diversity, you know, global vision, um, many different kinds of people from different walks of life, different places, different genders, different colors, all of that. That's one of the things I love about where I'm at at Access is I have, there's so much diversity in our, in our company and in our ecosystem. And 
that aligns a lot with what we're talking about in ideal too. And so it's, it's, for me, it's, uh, I feel like I've arrived. I've, I am at a place <laughs> where it is happening. <laughs> and, um, and so through that, you know, hopefully I can, I can help to share examples of reality of where this is working um, to some of the other members of ideal. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very aligned, you know, as we, as we look at, Access is having uh, Agile, a leadership event coming up in April, and I was very honored to be asked to speak. It's because it's something that resonates, that is very much aligned uh, from the perspective of this mission I feel like we're on. And so I'll be, I'll be speaking on stage with Tom, who heads up HR and, and human resources and oversees all of that. And we're going to be talking about DEI because I, the whole idea behind it and the goal is not that it becomes this popular thing that people talk about. That's, that's something that's rubbed me a little bit the wrong way is when people think, oh, I just need to get this training and then we have a DEI program or we just need to get this in place and just have everybody check the box. Home Care Poll is doing a, a survey that really is trying to benchmark what the current status is for different organizations where we can really measure this and make this something that we're able to benchmark and say, okay, this is where we are today. Where do we need to grow? What organizations, what does that look like for somebody to really have a strong DEI program? And so much of that is, is about not letting that just be a, a checkbox I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the event that you're having in April and what are you looking most forward to? Yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty excited about this. Agile, first of all, stands for access, growth, innovation, leadership experience. So, uh, and agile if, from the tech industry, you know, that that's also a word that we use to talk about how we develop product, right? So there's a lot of synergy behind that. Um, the word itself um, also, you know, just, from a vocabulary perspective, people that are agile can adapt and move and, you know, are swift. And it, I just love the vision for it, that, that, the, that John and the team really cast for, for the group we're bringing together. This is an event that will be held in Dallas. Uh, we're bringing together influential thought leaders. Um, there's policymakers, technology partners. Um, we even attracted some interest from banks and law firms and other organizations outside of healthcare that really support or are tangently related to the work that we do in healthcare. It's, it is a preeminent uh, leadership experience. And I'm a big keynote person. I love, I will go to the conference and the first thing I look at is who's keynoting. I cannot wait to go to keynote. So I'm very excited about yours. It's going to be fabulous. Um, I'm also really excited to hear Sint Marshall speak. So um, from the Dallas Mavericks, I, she was on a podcast with John Day, I think last summer, John does a really cool podcast. It's called Conversations for Good. I listen to them from time to time for inspiration. And she, she was on one of his podcasts before I knew she was going to be a speaker at our conference. I had already fallen in love with her through that podcast because she's just such a firecracker and she's a, a female leader. You know, she's grown up through the ranks. She's got great stories to tell. She's got amazing energy. And so I was already a fan. And then when I found out she's going to be speaking at this event, I thought, well, that's my whole world. I'm happy now. <laughs> I mean, everything just fell into place for me when it came to Agile. We're bringing together access clients and non-access clients to really talk about paving the way for healthcare at home and what innovation, what change needs to occur. How do we rally together to make this happen and really create a world where healthcare at home is at the center and the rest of healthcare kind of happens around it. So, you know, the, 
the patient or the client, you know, is right here. This is our little ball of love. And, you know, your listeners can't see me what I'm doing, but I'm holding my hands together. And I'm, there's a little ball of love right there. And that's who we're here to take care of. And everybody deserves that kind of care at home. It's where people usually want to get care when they're really ill, or if they don't want to travel to a hospital or have to wait in long lines at, in a lobby to see a doctor, care can come to you. And, and again, you know, to go back to my comments earlier, Tech is the way forward to make that happen. That is the platform that will allow us to make this happen. This leadership experience is to bring together the voice of all the people that have that vision, share that vision, and have the tools and resources to to make it happen, to talk about what steps we're going to take now and in the midterm and the long term to, to see that vision through. I'm really excited about it. And if anybody has ever been to an Access event, you know that our events are top notch. Everything is always excellent at access. So, um, so it is, I, I mean, I can't wait. I'm going to go shopping and get new outfits and I just can't wait to go. It's going to be a, an incredible event in April in Dallas. And um, I would love it if some of your listeners go check it out online and read up on it. The agenda is posted. We're adding to it regularly. They can go to access.com slash agile and learn more. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll link that in the show notes as well. And I have to tell you, Sint Marshall, when I found out that she was going to be the the keynote, I, I almost beat my pants. She is a force of nature. Mm-hmm. I listened to her book, her audio book. I listened to her book. I wept with that woman as she went through the tragedies that she shared. I mean, it was something. I it took me probably a solid week of hiking every single day and listening to that. And I mean, there were times where I was like explosively laughing. Of course, people are like, what in the world? There are times that I was weeping with the with the tragedies and the losses that she's had in life. And it was just so incredible. And so you're right. You guys don't do anything low key for sure. And so it's going to be a really, really amazing time. Yeah. We, we, we do good stuff here. We're excited yeah. to share with the world. <laughs> for sure. Well, I'm curious, Carrie, how, you know, as you as you have navigated all that you have, how has faith played a key for you throughout your life? Oh, wow. Well, I I mean, it's, it is how we do things is through faith. And my faith has evolved a lot. I I was baptized late in life as an adult. Um, I think it was 2007. Again, another date I should know in my mind, but, (laughs) uh, but, but I've always had a connection to a purpose and to a power. And uh, my mom raised us to, you know, believe in a, in a, greater power or something that was larger and bigger than ourselves and to listen and just to listen to that power. Um, I've never had an expectant, um, like, Oh, if I pray, then this will happen. Like that was never really the way I was raised, but I was always taught to just listen to that higher power, whatever I wanted to call it. And as I grew and you know became Christian and you know chose my faith and how to define that in my adulthood, I have really, learned to lean in and to become a little more expectant and to have faith. But I also know that um, through that faith, I have to take action too. So it's about listening to the cues, having faith to try things and to be okay. If I can't do it, I can surrender it. And someone, some power, no, my God is going to lift me up and carry me through it. Um, It has been, it has carried me my faith has carried me immensely in the last decade. The the challenges and of just um, changes that have happened for me personally, which have some of them been painful and some of them have been ended up being some of the greatest gifts of my life, um, have have happened in the last twelve to fifteen years. And 
um, you know, learning of my daughter's diagnosis and figuring that out and wanting to know why, why me, you know, I, I'm not going to get those answers. It's more of that. And it's not about me. It's, it's why her. And like, I was given to her because I could, mm. you know, I could do what she needs in a mother. So, um, so faith is, is it's like that ribbon, you know, that weaves through, you know, all of the little aspects of your life. And it, it's what I start and end my day with every day. Mm. I love it. As we wrap up, I'll ask you one more question before I let you go and, and want to be respectful of your time. As you look back and think through just the different things that you've gone through, what what's a piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh, Sunny, I hate this question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to be kind. Just to be be okay. Just be okay being you. Don't try to be what you think other people want you to be and to let your strengths and your, you know, what's inside of you shine through. And if it's not working for the situation that you're in, it's probably because you shouldn't be in that situation. Mm. So that would probably be one of the things I would say to my younger self is to don't worry about what other, what other people expect of you. Just know what's inside of you and find ways to let it out. And you will find your path and your purpose if you do. I love it. Thank you so much, Carrie, for taking the time and really getting vulnerable and kind of talking through the different places that you have gone through in life, both personally and professionally. And I will make sure that we list in the show notes a link to the Agile event through Access. And then we will also, I'll link your LinkedIn profile if anyone wants to connect with you there. And please make sure to go follow Carrie. She's an amazing woman. And Carrie, thank you. I appreciate you being with me today. Thank you so much, Sunny. And we are going to get a hike in together. Yes, 150%. We are getting a hike in together. Come out high water. Movement is key. That is another yes. life, life lesson I would tell you. Uh, don't ever be stagnant. Movement is key. Support for the Evoke Greatness podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for all of your shaving and personal grooming needs. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for you men or ladies for that man in your life. It's called the Performance Package. Help him join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for Evoke Greatness listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SUNNY20. The Performance Package has it all. This has the 4.0 lawnmower trimmer, the weed whacker, which is for ear and nose hair, down there deodorant, toner, and even a pair of performance boxer briefs and a really cool travel bag to hold all the goodies in. Or if you're like me, you steal it and use it for your own stuff. I know my husband is a huge fan of Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY20. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com using the code SUNNY20, S-O-N-N-I-E-2-0. Unlock his confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I am so grateful you're here and I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, will you do me a favor? Take a minute and rate and review the podcast or share it with someone you know may need to hear this message. I love hearing from you all and want you to know that you can leave me a voicemail directly. If you go to my website, evokegreatness.com and go to the contact me tab, You'll just hit that big orange button and your message comes directly to me. I love and appreciate the feedback and comments that come my way. So keep them coming. 
In the wise words of Zig Ziglar, you were designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, and endowed with the seeds of greatness. Now go out there and live the life of greatness I know that you deserve.